FYI, and I don't mean fake news, this podcast contains huge spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 360 of the podcast that goes snicked. Snicked, I'm your host, Jason Venable. And we got a doozy for you today. I don't know how long it'll actually be, but we have a lot of different things to talk about. Most notably, the finale of Dead Man Logan, and then also Ethan will be rejoining the episode to catch us up on Absolute Carnage. And then there's a whole lot of just other... I don't want to say random stuff, but I mean, it kind of is. At different degrees of quality, but definitely kind of random. <laughs> you know, just appearances here and there of, of Wolverine. Um, so yeah, so a lot to talk about. Like I said, I don't know how much I actually have to say. Mostly because... So, alright, let's just jump into Dead Man Logan. Uh, Dead Man Logan number 12. Welcome back, Logan. The conclusion, written by Ed Brisson, art by Mike Henderson, colors by Nolan Woodard, letters by VCs Corey Pettit, and cover by Declan Shalvey. And on the cover, we have like, you know, the left third is the Dead Man Logan logo filled in in red now. No more uh, blood or red paint dripping down the logo. It's all red because we're done. And then the right two thirds. It's almost like a whiteout. Um, on the bottom, pretty small, is uh, Logan like kneeling on the ground. And he kind of fades to white. So you can see, you can kind of see his head and shoulders as he's kind of bowing his head. And it fades to white, and there's some light leaves. And then almost like. The idea coming out of him like a giant hammer, like uh, Mjolnir. You know, we know at the end of number 11 that Danny Cage picked up Mjolnir and became a new Thor. Um, so here we have like the hammer flying up into the air, but it's bigger. It's like oversized uh, to to make a very effective cover. It's actually a really nice cover. It looks pretty great. All right, so here we pick up and we have Logan, Baby Hulk and Danny Thor facing off against the Sabretooth army and um, Logan takes his ra- last Reginix, or Reginix and we get a nice double snick as he jumps into the air to join the battle um, almost like a firework behind him and it's just a really cool kind of visual um, as he jumps into the fracas um, Danny uses Mjolnir to great effect, uh, busting some people up. Baby Hulk tears some Sabretooth guys apart, and Sabretooth and Old Man Logan go at it in a double-page spread, uh, with, like, one big panel across the bottom and then four across the top with little end panels inset. And it's just a very brutal kind of final fight between them. Lots of blood cutting each other up. Um, you know, Sabretooth has at this point a mechanical claw. You know, Wolverine has 
one hand adamantium and one regrown hand with bone claws. Um, and that doesn't stop them from just going to town. But eventually, Wolverine, <clears throat> you know, originally in this story, he cut Sabretooth up into a bunch of pieces. And he eventually kind of found his way back together and sewed himself back together like Frankenstein style. Um, here Wolverine, or Logan, puts all his claws into, Logan, into Sabretooth's chest and just rips them apart and, again, just spreads Creed all over the ground in, in several pieces. Um, and then Danny and Baby Holt come help him up. But then old diabetic Mr. Sinister shows up and he's like, I want my Hulk back! And um, in a pretty grotesque panel, uh, Danny throws Mjolnir and blows up Mr. Sinister's head. Complete with like a little eyeball flying out. So uh, Henderson def definitely playing into his uh, horror roots and the art in this issue. Um, so they they take Sinister's car and they're, they want to go back home. And that's where they're going to go. So they drive off. And Logan's in a lot of pain, and he's dying. And that was all a nice fight. There was some good art and some good action. But the last ten pages is where this issue really comes home. And this is where <clears throat> I'm not sure how much I have to say, but I do really like it. It's really good. Um, so we go back to Logan's ranch in Sacramento, which is now a desert, of course, in the wastelands. And... We find like a burial site on the ranch with three crosses and a family portrait of Logan's previous family from this universe and um, he just wants some time by himself and he tells um, Bruce and Danny to take care of each other um, and tells Danny how proud her parents would be, um, how he knows they wish they could see it and, um, and it's real sweet. Danny's like, you know, your family. Marine, Jade, and Scotty would also be really proud too, like, of what you've done. And so they leave him to have some time, and there's just a lot of kind of quiet panels. It's a very, the mood and the art and the color changes um, just really set like this quiet, you know, kind of at the end of the line with Logan, and, um, you know, as he talks to his family, and, you know, he, uh, he says he's put a lot of thought into this, that that he can move on, but he couldn't. Because every time, you know, he closed his eyes, he saw his family, that even though it wasn't a perfect world, you know, at the end, or what he thought was at the end of the time, he had finally gotten happiness. And then it was taken away. And he's kind of like, as Logan tends to be, very full of regret, um... You know, I think now, especially now that he's kind of gone through having had to be a Wolverine character again, not, not necessarily taking up the name, but, but definitely, you know, through the old Man Logan series and his time on the X-Men and our universe, um, kind of realizes that there really was no... The, the keeping the claws away was unrealistic, and so with that hindsight, or even just because of their death, he's just really regretful that he didn't pop the claw sooner, didn't stand up and fight sooner. He thought he was protecting them, but it just got them killed. Um, he should have just been true to who he was, and, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of tears flowing here. Um, 
and he just says that he hopes they can forgive him as he cries and collapses and a very so just a big open page to him just laying in the sand and you know across the top of a skinny panel of uh, a horizontal panel I guess of him crying and reaching for the crosses and then on the bottom like almost just the wind blowing dust over him it's uh it's a really nice panel um and we get another page of him as his breath kind of leaves him um it kind of fades to white and then we change scenes and we see where bruce and danny have come back they've buried him with his family they're glad he's found peace and uh, there's a really sweet moment where Bruce is like, don't be so sad, Danny, we still have each other. And she's like, oh, thanks. And um, they say they're going to continue on, and it's the end, the end of Old Man Logan. But of course we know that's not going to stay true. In fact, we even already know that there's like a Wasteland Avengers book that's coming up. And um, it's going to focus on Danny and others as they try to restore law and order and justice to the wastelands, kind of in, in Logan's memory. So that, that could be cool. Uh, we'll see how it goes. But with this issue, the art is beautiful. There's the first half of the book that's just violent and gory and the climax of the battle. And then the art just gets really quiet and somber and reflective on the last half of the book as Logan pretty much goes home to die with his family, to rejoin his family. Um, very touching, very emotional. Good writing. I mean, Brisson's done a really good job. I know, I know if you've listened to uh, our Uncanny X-Men coverage of the last volume, um, and then Age of X-Men didn't necessarily have a billion great things to say about Brisson, but Man, on Dead Old Man Logan, a little bit, and definitely into Dead Man Logan. I mean, that's this his kind of story, and he's very really good at what he does. Um, but the art really takes it up, and really just portrays. I don't know. There's something about death and the desert together, anyway. Um, kind of the visual symbolism and synergy there. Uh, but here the art really ties it together and the colors by Woodard really, really bring it all home. Um, this is a great conclusion to this story, to this series, to possibly this character. Um, just really kind of, it's a fitting end. It, like it feels, it feels right uh, for Old Man Logan to, to go out this way. Um, just kind of laying there in the desert <laughs> next to his family and then being buried. Like, it just, it just all, it all feels right. And I love this issue. Um, I'm going to give Dead Men Logan number 12, six out of six claws, which, you know, looking at the series overall, um, it's really good. Obviously, the art and the colors have, have been standout every single issue. The writing, I think there was a little bit towards the end where it kind of started to lose momentum, but then they wrapped it up really nice, so it's very forgiving, um, or forgivable. Um, 
I don't know. If I'm going to say like the whole 12 issues. Like part of me wants to say. Uh, really could have probably been 9. And that would have kept it like all. Like a 6. So I want to give it a 5. But it started off so strong. The first 6 are all like perfect. And it ends perfect. Man I don't know. I guess I'll leave it to you guys. But it's right. If I'm looking at the whole series. It's a very high 5. Even possibly a low six out of six claws. Um, highly recommend this book if you care about Old Man Logan at all, or even if you don't. If you just want to read it, it's kind of a uh, what if Wolverine at the end kind of story. Um, it's also really good for that. Um, so yeah, cannot cannot praise this book highly enough. This issue in particular, and just ends in a really nice place. Um, so yeah. That's Dead Man Logan. Alright, well up next, Ethan's going to come on and we're going to talk about Absolute Carnage. So, be right back. Hey, so next up on this episode, Ethan is back. Ah. Ah, so we're going to talk about some Absolute Carnage. Where Carnage is absolute. <laughs> he, uh, like absolute man. He, he choked on my dad joke. Um, yeah. So, so, you know, 13-year-olds are almost as busy as an adult. <laughs> so, we have quite a few issues that have stacked up on us. <laughs> um, we have Absolute Carnage number two, which doesn't have Wolverine, so we're going to skip it. Um, <laughs> Unimportant. No Wolverine? No. Uh, we have the Miles Morales one, which is the only non- regular series book I got and I didn't get any more. Um, basically you just need to know that Carnage breaks Scorpion's back and Miles gets a symbiote. Anything else on there you wanted to talk about? No. I mean the art was cool. And we have Venom 17 which brings Scream back into the picture and kind of starts to get rid of the maker and we have Eddie's son and Norman's grandson kind of forming a bond. Is it, uh, what do you think about this one? I thought the art was the really good. The art's really cool. Yeah, uh, that, well, we'll talk about that in a minute because Yvonne Cello continues to do the art on this series. Uh, and we're going to get into more detail on the other issues. But um, I agree. Art was really good. Any, I really enjoyed like seeing the kids like form their friendship. What do you think about that? That was a really cool... Especially all the close-ups. Yeah, I thought you did really good facial expressions. And really nailed, like, when they were happy or excited or scared, it all looked really great. Um, and really, the part that's going to carry through the rest of the series is the reintroduction of Scream, which is a symbiote from Space, who comes back to help um, Dylan, who is Eddie's son. He doesn't know he's his son. He thinks this is his little brother. So that's going to take us to Amazing Spider-Man number 30. Um, this one barely has Wolverine. Um, where is it? It's it like just like a, a little, little like, splash. Yeah, like we get a we get a splash of when he was taken over by the symbiote. Um, but we'll talk about it real quick. Um, this is by Nick Spencer and Ryan Otley. Uh, inks by Cliff Rathburn, colors by Nathan Fairbairn, letters by VCs Joe Caramagna, 
Otley and Fairbairn did the cover. What do you think of this cover? We basically have Carnage grabbing a beat-up Spider-Man. It's cool. It's just a little weird that there's, like... I think it looks cool, but there's also nothing Carnage seems to be standing on. He's right. Kind of like, jumping in mid-air. <laughs> right. But it also looks like he's squatting, which... <laughs> <laughs> right. I do like kind of, though, at the Carnage graffiti-looking shadow stuff in the background. I feel like a lot of the, like... At least in this series, I feel like the symbiote's more like paint. Yeah. It's just like... It's right, just splattered everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, um, I'm not going to lie. I didn't really understand this issue. <laughs> Me neither. Um, I feel like the time is like, we've already had Norman break out and become Carnage. And so this is definitely kind of a flashback. I really think it's just a way, so... I don't feel like Amazing Spider-Man really paid much attention to Absolute Carnage. And so we're kind of just using this as a way to tie in the Amazing Bad Guy, who's this uh, this corpse guy with, like, the big worms, right? Relating him to Norman Osborn somehow. But the way this story flows, I couldn't get any kind of, like, real plot from it. <laughs> it's just like a filler. Yeah. I've been really enjoying uh, Spencer's Amazing Spider-Man. This is probably my least favorite of the of the thirty. Um, gosh, I'm probably gonna give this two out of six claws. <laughs> it's pretty. It's not that good. Yeah, kind of worthless. Um, all right. So that's gonna take us to Absolute Carnage number three, which starts to bring Wolverine back into the story a little bit. Um, this, of course, is written by Donnie Cates, pencils by Ryan Stegman. Inks by J.P. Meyer, colors by Frank Martin, letters by VCs Clayton Cowles, and then uh, Stegman, Meyer, and Martin do the cover. Uh, what do we have on this cover? Um, a big carnage with a bunch of like him, his people getting like wrapped into his body. Yeah, like basically a giant carnage monster, and we have a bunch of heroes caught up in the symbiote, including uh, Wolverine down at the bottom. It's um, the blob. <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> All right, so see if I can remember what happens in this one. It's been a while since I read it. Um, basically, we catch up with Miles, who's kind of trying to fight his symbiote. What do you think of uh, his design? It's cool because it doesn't like it doesn't subtract away from the Miles Morales like spider suit, but right. it's, it's still a symbiote suit. Yeah, yeah, he definitely gets like, he gets like the extra arms, um, he gets the, the absolute carnage spiral on his head. Um, so he's fighting Venom, Venom's trying to get him to fight back, to fight the suit. Um, we continue with our really cool, like, Ryan Stegman, Frank Martin, like, rain art. What do you think of the scene in the rain? The rain's pretty cool. Yeah, that looked pretty good. I still like Stegman's, like, weird Venom faces. <laughs> like, he goes from, like, monstrous to, like, almost kind of cartooning, and I think it's pretty great. It's like, um, it's like Deadpool if you mean black on his mask, basically. Right, yeah. And gave him teeth. Yeah. terrifying. Yeah, it's definitely kind of terrifying. The way Stegman moves the symbiote around the face and stuff reminded me a lot of the Venom movie. Yeah. Kind of visually. Because, like, the face is like a mask and it just fills up. Right. And kind of makes, like, weird, almost distorted things. So, here Venom's trying to fight uh, Norman Osborn Carnage. 
And Andy Brock and the suit kind of have a disagreement, um, which led to, I thought, a really funny scene. Um, so why don't you describe this kind of top top of this page here? He's basically running away, but the suit is staying standing still, and it's like pulling him back into the standing position. He's just... Right. <laughs> I was like, kind of like the idea of paint. Like if you painted someone and they ran away, but you still saw the painted outline of the figure, that's kind of kind of what it looks like. Um, that was pretty funny. So the suit and Eddie are not completely getting along. Uh, the suit wants to kill Norman. Eddie wants to save the scorpion. You remember, uh, Carnage broke his back. And, of course, they're trying to get back to the safe house, which is where we see Spider-Man, Wolverine, Thing, and Captain America. Um, what do you think? I mean, there's like a full-page splash, which is normally where you highlight the art. What do you think of this splash page? I think it's pretty good. It's really dark. It is really kind of muddy, I thought. I was kind of disappointed. Like, um, if you go into this area, you would expect there to be bright lights, and it's just like, nope, it's dark here. <laughs> right? I do like, the thing I do like is everyone's body language. So Spider-Man's like waving, like, hey, Wolverine's all grumpy with his arms crossed. Things stand in the back, like, I'm, I'm swole. And Captain America's kind of like, yep, I'm in charge. <laughs> so Stegman does a good job with that. Um... So we get some cool kind of like, um, I don't know, just like inner dialogue. A lot of dialogue in the middle part of this book. Um, you know, Cap says he trusts Eddie. They're trying to take care of it. And we get some more bonding between Eddie and Dylan, which I, which probably my favorite part of the series so far is more of the interpersonal relationships and the actual like trying to beat Carnage. Um, so, yeah, so we have some more of that. Wolverine doesn't really say much. He just kind of stands around grumpy. Um, Spider-Man continues to be a big part. Um, so basically they're trying to find a way to pull the Codex out of the heroes before Carnage gets to it. And they originally think they want to kill the symbiote, but they realize that doesn't really work. And then who shows up? Carnage, because, you know, it's his book. Um, <laughs> so he shows up. He's trying to take over Venom. His symbiote's loose. So uh, I, I'm confused about the, the scene. Was Eddie... Was Eddie... Well, so Eddie's there. Who actually is this? Oh, there's two Eddies. Okay, right, right. So the so Eddie that walked Eddie. in... <laughs> It's very confusing, though, because you have, like, dialogue that only Eddie would be able to have with. Well, you know, I, like, gotta, when would they have... When the would switch they... has to take place back here. So, we have the scene where Eddie is, is hugging Dylan, and he kind of backs off, and they go get ready to go to the lab. And sometime before, because there's hours later, so sometime in that hours, fake Eddie comes to the lab. That's that's maybe why he looks so longingly at Captain America. I thought maybe he's had a man crush, but I think he's like, no, my babies, my baby symbiotes. Um, and, and we get a clue that we probably should have seen because Spider-Man's like, you okay? He's like, yeah, I'm alright. And he gets this evil grin through his big old beard. Looks like an evil Santa Claus. He does look like an evil Santa Claus. Also, another visual clue that I completely missed. I guess I not... Yeah, it's not swollen shut from the beatdown he got. Um, interesting. Okay, so yeah, so fake Eddie reveals himself as Carnage. Um, he goes, he goes full Carnage. 
which drives any symbiote insane. Um, and and what does any symbiote do? He says, Venom basically think. says, I you're being a wimp, so I'm going to find somebody else. Who does he find? Bruce Banner. Bruce Banner, so we get Venom Hulk. Kind of like you're a bobblehead, I got you. Um, so that's kind of where we leave off, is we are Hulk. So what do you think of the art in number three? I really like the art. Yeah, I think Stegman's a, he's a powerhouse. I really enjoy his art. Um, what do you think of the story so far in this one? The story's pretty good. I think it it, it explains a lot of stuff for being like if someone just walked into it like me. Right. It explains a lot of it, and I feel like it's easy to pick up. Good. Um, and it, it's like the perfect amount of like not overcomplicated storyline. But also not just a basic storyline. Okay. So like an appropriate amount of complexity. Alright, so what do you want to give Absolute Carnage number three? Five out of six points. Okay. I'm right I'm right in between a four and a five. I think I'm gonna go a really high four out of six for me, but I think five is definitely within reason. So I think it's definitely an enjoyable story. Like I said, I'm more into and he's like turmoil and trying to save his son and figure out how to tell his son he's his son um, than the carnage stuff. But I did like the twist. I like the fake Eddie and stuff like that. So that's going to take us to Venom number 18, which is still written by Danny Cates. This is uh, art by Yvonne Quello, uh, colors by Rain Barreto, letters by VCs Clayton Cowles, and the cover is by Kyle Hotz and Dan Brown. And on this cover, we have Venom and a symbiote maker uh, trying to fight some carnage. It's kind of a painted style. What do you think of this cover? The, the carnage in front of Venom doesn't look like anything, to be honest. It looks you like can, a blob. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the maker just looks like he just has like guns attached to his body. It's like Venom Joker, kind of. Yeah. Like He's got the really big like Joker jaw. Um, so this one kind of, uh, gives us some backstory on Scream, the symbiote from space and kind of his old story when he fought Noel, the dark God on the symbiote planet. And he's kind of thinking about this and he starts to feel really protective of Dylan. But we find out that under the symbiote, like what's the difference between Scream and every other like Venom character? He's just like... His host is a dead body, basically. Right. So he's not really symbiote with anybody. He's really just by himself, just yeah. carrying around a body inside, I guess, just because. Um, <laughs> but Scream really attaches to Dylan. Um, and we find out something interesting when he tries to touch Dylan. What happens? His symbiote just goes. Yeah, and we have like these these circles of light, which almost makes it feel like Dylan has some kind of like sonic like feedback. Spider-Man Three, <laughs> right? Which is really interesting because we don't really necessarily know where that might have come from. Um, so it kind of confuses everybody. The maker's like, "That's interesting." Um, Dylan kind of stands his ground. He gets mad at the maker um, for kind of running his experiments and trying to pull the symbiotes out and he's he's pretty upset and then so him and norm uh yeah little normie um 
I really like this page of them just bonding some more. Like I said, this is really kind of one of my highlights of the book. Um, what do you think of the art? It's like with the the kids and stuff. Yeah, I feel like it's very cartoony, very like. I feel like it would be in a kid show. Like, huh, we're gonna like escape. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Um, so <laughs> they decide to like get some weapons. We realize that uh, the maker's not on the up and up. Um, so they decide they're going to destroy all the machines. They accidentally let out a bunch of symbiotes who attack the maker and turn him into like super symbiote maker, which is not good for them. Kind of backfires a little bit. Dylan uh, shows a little bit of his dad's kind of like temper and hot headedness. Um, but Scream decides he's going to try to protect the kids, so he helps fight the symbiote. But also, Dylan uses his power again to kind of almost control the symbiotes and make them run away. So we get some really interesting stuff. We get this awesome last page of Spider-Man, Captain America thing, and Wolverine jumping into action. Um, what do you think of that last page? It's cool. No, I have a slight problem with these types of scenes. They are cool in a comic book standpoint, but also if you have characters that have no, like, Wolverine, where did he jump from? And how is he? The roof! You jump from the roof of the building over here. But that's like. <laughs> that's still an extremely high building. I understand that he's like an acrobat. But still. He <laughs> factor, man. Unbreakable bones. But, um, but it does look cool. <laughs> so I thought the art in this book. I agree, it's a little cartoony, but I thought it was really effective. Yeah. Um, I think Quello is a really. Actually, you know, because he's done some X-Men related stuff before. I've always liked him. I feel like he's really taken his game to a new level on the Venom book. Um, he's really kind of just delivering kind of his prime art. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I enjoyed the story quite a bit, too. Um, what do you think of the story? The story was pretty good. I really liked uh, like the symbiote maker. Yeah, kind of the rainbow symbiote because he gets all the different ones kind of in one. Kind of a super, super symbiote. The only thing of the story that's kind of thrown me off a little bit is we're bouncing around these chapters, and they it's hard to tell what order they should really go in. It's like, <laughs> it's like is this people a flashback? keep showing up, but they've already been there, but they keep showing up. Um, like making like every everywhere they go is a grand entrance. But I actually uh, enjoyed the Venom chapter a little bit more than the Absolute Carnage chapter, so I'm going to go up to five. Out of six squads on 18. Where are you on Venom 18? I'll probably stay at a five out of six. Okay. Very cool. All right. Absolute Carnage number four. Um, our same creative team. This cover is like, it's almost like Venom, and but with bloody raindrops over I like the cover. It's just like, again... There is no real carnage. It just looks like paint being thrown at them. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, Ice Bucket Challenge except it's <laughs> paint. Yeah. There you go. Good Good comparison. All right. So here we have Venom and Carnage. I'm sorry. We pick up with our Hulk Venom trying to Venom smash. What do you think of Venom smash? To be honest, they just mix a bunch of like phrases in yeah. this whole entire series. Right. So, uh, Annie and Spider-Man are trying to figure out what they're going to do. 
Um, they want to protect the kids, but Eddie's like, I gotta go fight the symbiote. So he gets a bunch of weapons, like Captain America's shield, and what, like an, I guess an Iron Man gauntlet, maybe? I have no idea where he gets the gauntlet from. Yeah, I'm not real sure what it is, but uh, he gets it. And he basically, they shut everyone in the safe room, and he goes out to fight, like, all these symbiotes. Including Miles, which uh, kind of gets the upper hand on him. So... Hope Venom and Carnage, Absolute Carnage, continue to fight. Um, it's not going real well because Carnage like gets into Hulk's brain somehow, um, and you know Eddie's not having a good time. He doesn't really want to beat up Miles, but he takes a trick from Miles' book. Oh, I think it's a Shocker gauntlet. You know the Spider-Man bad guy Shocker. Yeah. So he has. So in the comic, he has like these. Um, uh, like forearm things that like channel the energy and shoot through his hand. Um, I think that's what it is. And so I think because um, what he does is he shoots the electricity through Cap's shield. And there's a really cool scene where like um, he has this fist up against him. Like, it's like yeah, almost a split. Page. That shield's really big. Look how big that shield! Is. It's, <laughs> it's like, like a frying pan. It like it's like covering it. Eddie's whole body. But there's a really cool scene of, like, uh, Miles trying to, like, climb around the shield. And Eddie shocks it with the shocker thing and basically allows Miles to get free from the symbiote. So he's back on the good guy's side. Um, but, oh, man, Carnage is trying to collect all the symbiotes. He rips the Carnage out of Bruce Banner, or rips the symbiote out of Bruce Banner and becomes even stronger devil Carnage. Um... So that's not good. Captain America shows back up, grabs his shield, uh, more rain. Uh, Wolverine shows back up. Uh, oh, they were like getting getting purged or something, right? Yes, they were still in the chambers, and then they broke out of the chambers. Right, right. And so, um, meanwhile, Spider-Man's webbed up his fist. He's ready to protect the kids. Carnage gets his demon wings. Um... Eddie decides that he, what does he decide here? I kind of forget. Um, he basically decides that instead of trying to separate all the symbiotes well, from so Carnage. He, he, he figures out that the maker wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't taking the symbiotes and destroying them. He was collecting them. Right. So right. he goes to like the chamber where all of them are collected. Again, though, how do you recollect them? Because the kids broke them loose. I, I don't understand <laughs> this either. But he gets them and somehow becomes Venom again, even though it's not the Venom symbiote. Right, it's like I, a bunch of symbiotes, but he does turn in to the dragon Venom and flies after Carnage. Um, I, I won't lie, I thought the art was really good, again. Um, I think it lacked in story. Like I'm that. starting to lose the story. I think... Honestly, there's probably too many parts. <laughs> they should have just kept it like four or like three. Right. It's not that complicated of a story. Yeah. You have a it's few really not. It's, it's Carnage wants all the symbiotes. Venom wants to stop him. There you go. <laughs> Avengers come halfway through the last book. Just Avengers show up every issue like they were never there. Um I mean, there's some, there's definitely some cool parts. Like, I like the part of Eddie, like, taking the cap shield, which, by the way, is smaller in that panel, and it grows. 
Um, it becomes like a dome here. It grows every panel. That's funny. So he has it as like normal size. Then he swings it as a little bit bigger. Then when he finds Miles, it's like his whole body size. That's funny. Um, he just has little Mario on him. That's funny. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, some really good art. Like I said, there's cool moments. Like him shocking the symbiote off of Miles is good. It just... I feel like maybe this story doesn't have an editor. Because <laughs> stuff just kind of comes and goes, and things that happen don't really matter to the story. Well, except that it's all Donnie Cates. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. It definitely kind of gets confusing. And that's definitely going to affect the way I read this particular chapter. Um, I'm probably only going to give it three out of six claws. What are you going to give Absolute Carnage number four? I think for the art, it's a three out of six claws. For the storyline, it's two out of six. Wow. Okay. So you like it even less than me. Okay. Gotcha. All right. So now I'm going to take a weird sidebar um, and go to Absolute Carnage Avengers number one. Um, we're just going to get everyone's solo books, and we're just going to... Well, yeah, so I got this one because Wolverine's in it. There's been a lot of tie-ins that I've skipped. Uh, it's because I don't want to pay for them. Um, <laughs> there's just like 200 absolute Let me see if I can find one that has a checklist again. There was one earlier that had a checklist. No, not that one. Um, that's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, if you're going to make like a series... Don't make 500 of them. I think there's 20 total chapters. So, yeah. So there's Miles Morales, Scream, Lethal Protectors, Deadpool. I didn't get any of those. Um, there's a Ghost Rider one, which I can, can try to find for you if you want. It didn't look very cool. Um, amazing. I probably don't want it. <laughs> I don't want to know what it could be. I will say the art. I flipped through the art for the Hulk one, and it was cool. I didn't read it, though. Um, yeah, there's like 20 total chapters. That's too much. That's that's too much. If you're going to make like a small, like, hey, we're going to do this once, so and it's going to be a pretty big event, but if you make it too big, people are going to lose interest. That's what happened with, so, so, Absolute Carnage. There was one in the 90s called Maximum Carnage. It kind of killed the Spider-Man books. Because <laughs> it was like 16 parts, I think. So... That was like, it was like 16 straight parts. Like, a lot of these books I didn't get, we obviously didn't miss anything. Like, but it was like 16 parts where everything, like, went in order and mattered. But, anyway, we are going to talk about Avengers 1, because Wolverine's in there being really grumpy. Um, <laughs> so, it's uh, written by Lee Williams and Zach Thompson. Art by Alberto Albuquerque and Guivi Inova. Maybe Gooey, I don't know. Um, ooh, gooey like a symbiote suit. Um, <laughs> colors by Rochelle Rosenberg. Letters by VCs Corey Pettit. And the cover is by Clayton Cowles. The cover is basically our Avengers busting out of carnage goo. Uh, Again, we have, melted gummy bears. Right. <laughs> we have Captain America, Thing, Hawkeye, and Wolverine um, all busting out. What do you think of the cover? The cover is cool. I just can't get over the fact that 
it just carnage looks like paint or like melted gummy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so basically there's an old, uh, there's an old series, or not old, um, from a few years ago called Carnage, called Carnage USA. And that was the last time Carnage showed up, and he basically tried to, like, just use a symbiotic take over everybody. And the Avengers went and fought him and stopped him, but they all got briefly taken over, which is why he's trying to collect the codex from them now. So this one is basically how... Really, just the story of how Hawkeye shows back up. Um, I love the head scene. Like oh. the little like spider head. <laughs> yeah. So he put, so Captain America punches a guy with a symbiote and really, literally punches a symbiote off of him. Um, and it lands on the ground. It's just like a, a gooey body with a head. It's pretty funny. Um, yeah. So Captain America and Spider Man they regroup with Wolverine who's super grumpy, uh, back in L.A. because he's a West Coast Avenger now. Hawkeye wakes up to a bunch of people trying to storm his apartment. I love that he has Deadpool boxers. I also love, like, the little, like, Mission Impossible, like, zoom in, like, by the way. Oh, right, right, right. Electronic <laughs> yeah. So, I know you haven't read a whole lot of Hawkeye. What do you think of, like, his super-duper tricky errors? Do you think that was cool, silly, like it, not like it? It's like in between. Okay. It could be cool in this scenario. They make him so bulky that it's just cartoony. Right. Like how they carry him all around. Fair enough. Um, so Wolverine shows up with a Santa bag. <laughs> and he caught a symbiote. So he goes to the Fantastic Four base. They decide to run some tests. And they figure out there's these two like centers of power. Where are they? Um, they're in... Uh, New York and San Francisco. Right. I don't Which, know why New York is backwards. Uh, because they're showing it from behind the screen. So we're seeing like Wolverine and Spider-Man on the other side of the screen. Um, but yeah, so New York, obviously, Spider-Man, Venom, that's where they all live. Um, San Francisco, so in the mid-90s, when Venom thought he had killed Spider-Man, but I guess doesn't watch the news. <laughs> But anyway, he decided he needed to change the scenery. So after he thought he killed Spider-Man, he went to San Francisco and like decided to be a hero. So he did that for a few years. So it makes sense that this would be like a center of power because Venom spent a lot of time there. So our Avengers argue over how they're going to try to handle this because obviously they don't want to kill the people because it's not their fault that Carnage took them over. Um, so Hawkeye uses like a net arrow... Basically, he's trying to get back to New York to help his friends. Um, anything kind of catch your attention I mean, in not, this story? Not really. Yeah. They they reuse the like the zoom in thing. Mm -hmm. Like it's funny the first time. Right. The second time, it was just like okay, <laughs> we get That's it. Funny. He has nifty arrows. Right. Our heroes fight in the subway. So Hawkeye finds the underground in San Francisco, which is where Venom had a had his home for a while. I do okay. Well, I like I do like the the Carnage Tornado thing, like the pillar, the yes. pillar of power. Yeah, it's, it's pretty. It's interesting because it's made up of like a bunch of people, um, and Hawkeye's got to figure out what like what to do with that. Um, and then 
they find the same thing in the subway in New York. And Wolverine's like, I can smell it. That's who we need to kill. And of course, Spider-Man doesn't want to kill anybody, so they argue some more about that. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's... Basically, they all eventually, they, they destroy these power things. You know, the thing that I thought that was was weird is the power, like, the columns and stuff, they are kind of cool, but at least as of yet, not mentioned in the main story at all, but this chapter makes them seem like they're really important. <laughs> this is the only way Carnage gets his powers, but we're not going to talk about that. Right. <laughs> that was kind of weird. I don't know. Um, what do you think of the art in this chapter? I think the art's pretty good. Okay. I think it's a little dull. A little dull. I can see that. Yeah, the action's not super great, I didn't think. Um, Alright, well, what do you want to give Absolute Carnage Avengers? It's our most Wolverine-heavy book, but I just wasn't that interested in it. I think it's like a five, five, six. Two out of six, okay. I think I'm, uh, I think I'm right there with you. I kind of wish I had just skipped this one. <laughs> but that brings us back to Venom number 19, uh, which may be one of my favorite covers. It, it's series. definitely my favorite cover. Um, just a really wicked looking, like, giant carnage head. Like, almost, almost like it's coming out of, like, a volcano or something. It's the Jurassic World. Ride from Disney World, <laughs> where the T-Rex is about to eat you. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. There's lots of teeth, lots of slobber. We have Venom, you know, with his back to us on a rock. It's a really, it's a really cool cover. I like it quite a bit. Um, so here we kind of get stuff actually start to tie together, which I thought, was, which I was pleased. So we see like how the Scorpion scene fit in. Uh, we see Norman Osborn, Miles Morales. I kind of get a rehash of all that. Uh, the symbiote maker. The scene where our heroes actually showed up from the end of last time. So that Avengers chapter you just kind of ignore because it doesn't matter. But here our heroes are. Um, I don't know. It just, it just makes more sense. We, we actually saw so Wolverine, Captain America thing, and Spider-Man fight the maker. I love the uh, Wolverine. Face. Yes, it looks. Real, it's kind of weird, like as far as his cowl, but it looks it's, like a weird, like Batman. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. And so, what does uh, what does Dylan do? He goes and frees Scream again, and then Scream is like, okay. Oh wait, we get like a like a repeat of that scene. It happens again. So he tries to reconnect with them, and he's just like, huh, no. And then Scream's big sad. But that's a cool page, though. Don't you like that page? Yes. So the pages scream, like, like uh, Dylan's eyes like, go black, and some of you know, it seems to maybe kind of come out of his eye a little bit, and he speaks like a weird language. Which, so definitely a lot of... So what do you think's going on with Dylan? What's your, I, I, what's your best guess, if you had a theory? Well... I don't sense. Okay, so Eddie still has a codex in him. Right. So what if the codex gets passed down to Dylan? Well, we know it but it's your just, genes, right? But what if it's just reverse? 
So it's like an anti-symbiote. So, oh, so what if Dylan almost has like an anti-venom codex? You know about anti-venom? No, I have no idea what anti-venom Okay. So, you know how venom's like black with a white spider? It's white. <laughs> when you say it like that, it's really dumb. Um, <laughs> typical, like, uh, reverse flash. Right. Reverse yeah, the colors. Yeah, pretty much. But basically, he was a guy, he was able to, like, heal people. Because was when Flash Thompson was Venom for a while, which is actually my favorite Venom. Don't tell me, Tim. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so Eddie, when, when Flash is Venom, Eddie gets, like, it finds out he gets, like, cancer from the symbiote. And the way they heal it is it gets like this anti, like he does something to change the symbiote. And so it becomes like an anti-venom. And so besides being able to heal him and heal other people, he also like, like he can kill symbiotes by touching them or really hurt them. So that's an interesting idea. What if somehow he did get passed down like an anti-codex? That's an interesting theory, Ethan. I like that. Um, he also seems to have some kind of sonic power. But it doesn't look that way in this one. So here the symbiote's just like, no, no, don't touch me. But he I does kind of like, like flat, burn. I love like the oh, flat and wimpy like dog. I think it's fantastic. I think the art in this book is amazing. Um, yeah, the maker continues to I go crazy. How, he basically cuts Wolverine to shreds. I love um, how the maker's spiral is like almost square. I feel like it fits because he's wearing oh, a helmet. Yeah, and he's more organized. He's smarter. That makes sense. Um, and then Hawkeye shows up in his Jeep. He has a sonic arrow. Uh, that's an, another pretty cool scene. You know, what I feel like this book does, I feel like it takes kind of the dumb parts and some of these other parts and makes them cool again. Um, <laughs> it's just like, how do we redeem ourselves from all these horrible things? Right, right. Just make the Venom book better. <laughs> Right. Uh, so Scream turns into like basically a giant wolf. Uh, he agrees. I love how he's holding a leaf, too. Well, yeah. So in addition to like hurting the symbiotes, Dylan can also like kind of control them somehow, which he's finding this out as he goes. He didn't know any of this, so that's interesting, too. Um, but the art of Scream as a wolf like looks pretty rad, I think. Spirit animal type. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, of course, fire hurts symbiote, so Hawkeye shoots the maker with a big fire arrow, goes explodey, explodey. Well, I, I didn't, I don't fully know what the symbiote scream is, but all I know is from this, he can, like, create any element. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's important, because I forgot about that. So, when I, he becomes, like, the wolf, he just slobbers over, all over him, and apparently he slobbers finite. Napalm. Or yeah. napalm or something. Yeah. And, and so... Yeah, so when Hawkeye shoots him, it, it's big booby. Um, but he gets away, so because he's got to go do other things in other comics. But um, <laughs> yeah, so then we go a few hours later. Um, I'm gonna try to cure a little Normie. Um, I really like the scene with Dylan and Scream. It's actually kind of sweet because Dylan's like, "That was cool and all. I'm kind of scared." Also, I don't like dogs. <laughs> and he's like, okay. And he turns into a cute little scream cat. <laughs> and then Venom, like Eddie, shows up and still don't know like what's going on. But obviously a, a real bond with the father-son hug or brother-brother hug. And we find out, so I didn't realize that Scream was narrating this book. 
We find out he was that he's narrating he the whole thing. Yeah, like all the time that it's in yellow and black was all him. So well, I knew that. I oh didn't know no, you're that. right. There is someone else at the front. Okay, that must have been Venom, I guess, or they just change it. I don't know. Well, either way, he's like they love each other, but does Eddie know who his son is? And also, why doesn't Dylan hurt the Venom symbiote? Is it because they're bonded somehow? Or if they have... So if Eddie also has that anti... Oh, at one Venom, point. But maybe he's immune, immune to here. both? And maybe Venom soon is immune? And maybe that's how they win. Because the Venom symbiote is like, oh, I don't have to mess with Carnage. <laughs> also, when Carnage gets the Venom symbiote, he was like, well, if he gets... They keep saying that, but he also hasn't. I don't know. It's like the Venom symbiote and the Karma symbiote are fighting, and even at the end of, of number four, when he flies after him, which I don't know how this. I still don't know how this all ties together. Um, <laughs> but it's like they're fighting, but Carnage is like every other fight. He's been really like immediately going to try to absorb it. With Venom, it's almost more of a, just a fight to fight. Like, almost like he's... I don't know. Like, there's something weird going on with their suits. Um, anyway, I guess we'll find out, because there's only a couple more chapters. But um, I thought this one, Venom 19... I think it's the best. I think so, too. I think the art's really good. The story makes the most sense. It's actually intriguing. Because you're like, oh, what's going on? Like, you actually care. Like, or, I want to read what's next. This should be, like, the first one. <laughs> and then you only make two more. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, so what are you going to give Venom number 19? Probably six out of six. I'm okay. right there with you. I really enjoyed it. I um, Actually, not only the best of this series so far, it's one of the best symbiote comics, just in general, that I've read in a long time. Um, it actually kind of made me enjoy... Because, I mean... I was actually kind of dreading this series because I haven't really enjoyed some of the stories lately. And I was like, oh, Wolverine's in it. It'll be fun to talk about with Ethan. But I don't think I'm really going to like it. I'm, I like it more than I thought, but this one really like delivered it for me. So that is our massive catch-up on Absolute Carnage, Carnage Absolute. And um, like I said, there's only a few more chapters left, so we will get Ethan back on after it's over to talk about the end of it. But um so overall, where I mean we just we did a few books the last time you were on, and then literally that's like eight comics we just sped through. Um what's kind of your overall reaction? Are you glad you're reading it? Um I'm glad it has a great storyline. I feel like some of it's unnecessary though. Right. Like if you look at it, this is like eight eight comics. <laughs> And I got pretty much like half of the storyline from this one of them. <laughs> if you yeah. took all the good things from all eight of these comics and just we can make them, like yeah. two, maybe three comics. Yeah, yeah, definitely could be uh, condensed down. Um, but anyway, I'm I'm glad you're enjoying it at least a little bit, and I'm just happy to have you on the podcast again. So, thanks. Yay. All right. Moving on. Yeah, so 
that was absolute carnage and so now we have some other stuff to talk about uh, kind of quickly we'll kind of tear through this um want to start off with black panther number 17 this is um in the middle of a really big story by Ta-Nehisi Coates um we're in book three of his black panther series 2000 seasons um of course, Coates is the writer. Daniel Acuna does the art. Letters by VCs Josephino, and the cover is by Acuna. And um, it says it's all black with figures and like outlined in red and blue. It says the Revenge of Killmonger, which kind of leads to maybe what's going to happen next issue, <laughs> more so than this issue. But it's a really nice cover. And as you know, and may have seen me tweet or even say on on here before. Storm may be getting short thrift in the X-Books right now. If you want to see a badass, powerful Storm, all you got to do is check out the Black Panther corner of the universe. She's been great in this book. She was great in the Shuri book. And, you know, I'm kind of surprised we haven't had this already. But we get a... We'll just go through it. So there's a very brief, like, Wolverine cameo. But basically, so... The idea of this book, if you haven't been reading it, and you should, because it's really good. But the Black Panther went out to space. There's like a Wakandan galactic empire. He kind of lost his memory and was a slave, but eventually, you know, through a, a fantastic story, took back his his identity and the kingdom and is working on now helping that kingdom and, of course, connecting it back to Wakanda Prime here on Earth. Um... But there was an evil emperor who was abusing Wakandan power. And he also has like a panther symbiote suit. And he snuck back to Earth through the, the, the wormhole when T'Challa came back. And he's been recruiting some of Black Panther's enemies and even taking them over. Um, and it looks like he's going to cause some trouble here in our universe as well. And that's kind of what he's up to. And we see him... They come to the grave of Killmonger, and I think he's going to get a new body with uh, Killmonger's body. And like I said, I think we'll probably... That reflects kind of the cover, but we'll probably really see that next time. I don't think... Well, or maybe it is more this time. I forget. In the comics, does Killmonger have dreads? Because the guy he was in before had, like, almost looks like uh, Ezekiel from The Walking Dead. He's kind of the Wakandan scholar. And that's the, who the symbiote took over last. But he was already at the casket. So I don't know if he takes the casket to take Killmonger's body later. Or if by the end of the issue he already is in it. But um, anyway. Uh, we see at, at Wakanda, a storm had gone out through the portal to help uh, destroy some rebel ships. And... Um, or I guess, sorry, I had that backwards. This is Star Wars. The Wakandans, the true Wakandans are the rebels rebelling against the corrupt Wakandan space empire. Um, she went and she helped fight, and now she's meeting in, I guess, the space cafeteria with um, the woman who was T'Challa's lover while he was out in space not knowing who he was. And there's some awkward but also honest conversation that Storm's like, I'm not threatened, like, you know, he was who he was out here. He did what he needed to do. Y'all, you helped him get through this. I appreciate that. I need him to be strong. 
And when she talks about like she can't keep doing this, she has to get back to her mutant cause. And that's where we see like kind of just a little panel of the X-Men. We have Cyclops, Colossus, Wolverine, and Jean Grey. Um, interestingly, not it's hard to tell what time period she's referring to. I don't think it's necessarily modern day Krakoa. But um, anyway, they have a great conversation. And then T'Challa is talking to her through hologram. They're trying to figure out what to do. Um, he goes to meet Bast. And he questions if, if this Bast in the body of a child is really Bast at all. And then they go to meet... Uh, Nadaka, I think is his name. Shit, what's his name? Um, the bad guy. Um, Injadaka. Yeah, he's the one with the symbiote. And he was the ruler in space, the, the bad ruler. And so, Black Panther and... It was like Shuri and Akoi and, and just a, a guard come to fight. And they fight. The symbiote and some of Black Panther's enemies. And just the art in this book is fantastic. But they have found a way to open the portal too. So Wakanda and Space Warriors who are loyal to Njadaka uh, come in. And so we're going to have like a big old war it looks like. Um, art in this is really good. Uh, I feel like I probably talked a little more than I should have. Because Wolverine is literally like in one corner panel. And it's really his back more than anything else. But um, but it's a great book that I've been loving and just wanted to talk a little bit about very, very briefly. I barely scratched the surface about what's really going on in this book. Um, Coates is one of the best writers going right now. Um, but yeah, the art's beautiful. Uh, Black Panther 17 gets six out of six claws for me. So that's going to take us to Guardians of the Galaxy number nine. Um... This is Faithless, Part 3 of 6, written by Donnie Cates, penciled by Corey Smith, inked by Victor Olazaba, colors by David Curiel, letters by VCs Corey Pettit, and then Patrick Zercher and Dean White do the cover. And so, the cover is kind of some modern guardians surrounding death. And they all have these eyes of the possessed. I guess it's not death. I guess it's uh, Star-Lord's dad, Jason, who is leader of the new cult of Magus, um, which is the truth of, or church of universal truth or whatever. Uh, what is it actually called? I'm not as... Al was shaking his head, yelling at the earphones. Um, yeah, the Universal Church of Truth, which worships Magus. Um, so Jason is kind of like the high priest of that right now. And he shows Star-Lord kind of this vision of the future, which is where we get our very brief Wolverine cameo. We have all kinds of destruction, including the destruction of the School of Xavier's. And we have some rubble and a adamantium hand skeleton and claws coming out of the rubble and that's really that's it <laughs> so we'll be pretty brief there's a really awesome full page splash of death on a cliff and with lightning and very reminiscent of the avenger movies uh like red skull in his cloak um 
when there's like blood water at the bottom of the cliff it's a really nice page um, but anyway uh, Star-Lord pretends to go along with it for a second but then he busts loose and he has to fight Cosmo um, and then we see of course Rocket, Groot and Moondragon fighting some other stuff uh, some pretty cool art there and they find Kid Magus and they need his help and so um, then we see that Jason resurrects Drax in his 90s costume and that's to be continued so the art here is pretty good um, the story's pretty it's all pretty good I'm definitely enjoying it. Uh, I would give it a solid 4 out of 6 claws. So that's going to take us next to Amazing Spider-Man Full Circle. Um, which is this giant uh, kind of Marvel 90th anniversary celebration of Spider-Man. Um, there's a ton of writers. We have Jonathan Hickman, Jerry Dugan, Nick Spencer, Kelly Thompson, Al Ewing, Chip Zdarsky, and Jason Aaron. Pencils by Chris Piccolo, Greg Smallwood, Michael Allred, Valerio Skiddy, Chris Sprouse, Rachel Stott, Cameron Stewart, Mark Bagley. Inks by Tim Townsend, Al Vey, Greg Smallwood, Michael Allred, Valerio Skiddy, Carl Story, Rachel Stott, Cameron Stewart, John Dell. Colors by Chris Mikalo, Greg Smallwood, Laura Allred, Mattia Yacono, Dave McKegg, Triona Farrell, Nathan Fairbairn, Frank Diamarda. All the letters by VC's Joe Caramania. He gets no help. Um, and the cover is by Rod Rice with Chris Piccolo, Tim Townsend, Greg Smallwood, Michael Allred, Laura Allred, Valeria Skiddy, Mattia Yacono, Chris Sprouse, Carl Story, Dave McKegg. Rachel Stott, Triona Farrell, Cameron Stewart, Nathan Fairbairn, Mark Bagley, John Dell, and Frank Diamarda. And basically we have a cover with Spider-Man in the center, and then a web coming out, and a bunch of different artists drawing pictures from their their pages um, inside the different panels, quote-unquote, of the web. So basically... We have kind of an out-of-time spider story where he's helping S.H.I.E.L.D. fight AIM in the space station and they release like a werewolf plague. But Spider-Man keeps helping this mysterious voice that's himself that he can't see from the future. Um, and where this all ties in is that eventually when Spider-Man gets back to Earth, you know, obviously he needs some help. One of the people he finds is Wolverine. And... So Wolverine helps Spider-Man and Nick Fury fight the werewolves um, to try to cure everything. Uh, Wolverine doesn't come into actually quite a ways into the story, but he does eventually show up after Spider-Man turns into a wolf. Um, and we, he's like, how come you're not more wolfy? <laughs> Which I thought was funny, and Wolverine's like a healing factor. So that part's kind of fun. Because even Nick Fury starts to turn into a wolf. When a Wolverine's helping slice and dice, um, there is one kind of funny scene where uh, they're fighting some some wolfy guys and some animals at this theme park, uh, Ferretland, and the High Evolutionary. And um, 
Fury and there's a giant high evolutionary that grabs Spider-Man and Fury and Wolverine are standing on the ground and um Wolverine goes don't suppose you're secretly super strong and can throw me and Nick Fury's like nope <laughs> a pretty great little panel and Wolverine looking for a fastball special to jump up and slice the giant but of course there's no one there to throw him um so it's like this inner spider ham or the Spider-Man from the future turns into a pig or something. He imparts some knowledge. Then Spider-Man is able to actually go back in time and, of course, change events. Um, there's lots of kind of interesting, maybe fun stuff in this story. I didn't really... I mean, it's, it's a nice idea to have, like, all these great creatives, and they're all pretty great, right? To get them to all kind of do a jam issue, but it didn't end up doing much for me, really as a whole like all the pieces could be fine and they look fine like all oh, the art's really good most of the dialogue's fine um you know mention the one really funny wolverine scene but overall it just didn't really i mean okay werewolf plague it happens but then it doesn't happen it's all undone and just i, I don't know i don't really care for it to be honest and part so i was kind of in between like a soft three but part of me had to factor in the fact that this thing was so friggin' expensive. And that's gonna hurt it a little bit because I wanted maybe a little more of my money's worth besides just page count. Um, so I'm gonna actually give Amazing Spider-Man Full Circle two out of six claws. I think, you know, flip through it, look at some of the cool art, but I don't know if you really need it. Um, so... Next up, we have History of the Marvel Universe number four by Mark Wade, Javier Rodriguez, Alvaro Lopez, and VCs Joe Caramagna. Uh, this cover is a spider cover, spider-centric. We have the Spider-Man logo, Spider-Man swinging out of it. We have Venom, Carnage, Spider-Woman, among other heroes, kind of around the logo. Um, of course, we have some X-Men as we're getting to the era of the Marvel Universe where there's a lot more going on with the X-Men, like... The Dark Phoenix Saga, which of course includes a Wolverine cameo. Um, what are some of the highlights of this? I won't really go through it as much detail. Um, we see She-Hulk. We do see the death of Captain Marvel, which I've covered on the podcast before. And Wolverine's in the crowd shot there. Uh, we get the new mutants. Um, we also get a Secret Wars page where we see Wolverine again. Um... That's pretty cool. We see, uh, of course, the Venom symbiote coming out of that. West Coast Avengers. Uh, we see the Mutant Massacre. Um, and then, you know, Archangel. So we have Wolverine in, in that panel. Um, not as much really interesting panel stuff there is. So when we get to X-Force, uh, if you remember John Wilson and I talking about Weapon X, how... Mary Windsor Smith gets like these lights in the background, like these lighted panels, like a display. It looks kind of very like Star Trek-y or maybe 2001 looking. Um, so Javier Rodriguez puts that behind the X-Force page. It looks really rad. Like it's one of the better X-Force pinups I've seen in a long time. It looks really nice. There's also a really cool Infinity Gauntlet um, page uh, the snap by Thanos is really cool art um, as, as we work through that uh, we see Wolverine again 
near the Executioner's song. No, wait. Which one's the Strife and... Oh, um... Yeah, Executioner's song, right? Where Strife fights Apocalypse. Um, so we see Wolverine in, in those pages. Uh, we get to the Clone Saga. Oh, boy. Um, we get Age of Apocalypse. See our Age of AOA Wolverine there. And then we end this chapter with Onslaught. So again, I mean, it's basically just organizing history. Lots of notes, lots of really cool stuff, lots of really good art. Um, continuing to enjoy this. It's kind of hard to rate, but I think just the effort is worth six out of six claws. So last, but not least, I just want to talk really briefly about... Um, the Marvel Zombies Resurrection Number 1, which is written by Philip Kennedy Johnson, art by Leonard Kirk, colors by Guru FX, and letters by VCs Travis Lanham, cover by Inyak Lee. And it's a nice cover. Uh, well, it's an okay cover. <laughs> Sorry. I was thinking of something else. Maybe I saw one of the variants at the comic shop. But, um... And this one is a zombie Wolverine, Deadpool, and Captain America face yelling or growling, or moaning, or whatever. So, the art in this book is pretty good. And there's an interesting concept. So, it's almost like a space virus that's turning people into a zombie, and then eating, or these, these creatures that eaten Galactus out from the inside, and Galactus is just kind of floating in space, which causes our heroes to be really worried. So, a team of Fantastic Four, Avengers, and X-Men, which of course includes Wolverine, go up to investigate. They have to go inside Galactus. Um... Again, Kirk's art is really good in this. I mean, he's a good artist, but it's a really cool thing where they go inside his mouth. Wolverine's trying to, like, smell what's cooking, and there's a funny scene where he's overprotective of magic, and magic's like, oh, that's cute. You're going to protect me. Um, but too late, he smells what's going on, but everyone just starts getting bitten by the infected um, and turning into zombies and killing each other. It's all pretty grotesque um I want to feel like there's another fastball special reference on this issue and now I'm losing it hold on no there's a where is it I count all my Wolverine panels here um yeah let's see Oh, crap. I really thought... Maybe not. I really thought there was like another... Um... Fast, sorry. I'm wasting time here. I thought there was another like fastball special... Either kind of joke or... Or something. Um, there's a cool page spread of Wolverine in a space suit... Uh, cutting up zombie Marvel heroes as he's being overrun. Um, like I said, the art's really good. The, the story, you know, it's kind of interesting because, I mean, the idea of like, this thing, like, like the inside of Galactus's body being like ground zero with this infection, and then that the way it spreads to Earth is that once they kind of infect everybody on the spaceship, Galactus' body literally just falls through the Earth's atmosphere. 
and that's kind of where we lead this first issue. Um, art's really good. The story I'm not crazy about in the Marvel Zombie universe. I thought the Galactus piece and starting it in space and kind of that alien vibe and then, you know, coming down, maybe shifting to a Walking Dead vibe. It was pretty interesting. I, I mean, I don't know if I'm quite interested enough in the premise to give it four out of six claws, but the art probably deserves that. It's definitely like three out of six claws. It was way, which to be fair, I mean, let's talk about bias, right? For me to give this three out of six is way more than I thought I would when I picked it up. <laughs> so take that for what it's worth. If you've enjoyed the previous Marvel Zombie stuff, I think you would really like this. And would definitely recommend checking it out. Um, if you didn't or don't really care, um, it might be worth just kind of flipping through if you get a chance. Just kind of thumb through it, see some of the cool panels with Galactus and stuff, and get a gist of the idea. But um, yeah, so that's our comics uh, this time. Thanks so much again to Ethan for coming on and, and podcasting with his old man. I appreciate that. Um, speaking of surprises, I, I tried to guard my words because he, you know, I don't, don't want to ever squash your child's interest in something. You want to feed that. And symbiotes are not, not necessarily my thing. And maybe it's because I'm reading them with him and podcasting about it. Or maybe it's just because, especially towards the end, the story just picked up and got better. But I'm also enjoying that absolute carnage way more than I thought I would. Uh, you can listen, I mean, you heard what we said, didn't love all of it, but way, way more than, I mean, honestly, had, had Wolverine not been in this, I probably would have just bought it for Ethan and not read it myself, um, but I'm, I'm glad that we're undertaking it together, and hopefully you're enjoying our coverage, but that's going to do it for episode 360, um, as always, you can like the Facebook page, Twitter is at SnickCast. Facebook shares and Twitter retweets are always appreciated. Really appreciate that. And um, I don't know what will be up next. Trying to get everything coordinated schedule-wise. You know, either be Dawn of X or a, a new flashback episode. We'll kind of see how things go uh, schedule-wise. But, um, yeah, that'll be coming up soon. So, until next time, everybody, hugs and snicks. Bye-bye. And snacked. <laughs>